Listeners, my name is Brandon Lee, and welcome back to the Black Flame Campfire. Most previously, we heard Ember's story of her time before her meeting with Atlas. She laughed, she cried, and well, that's life. Now this time we return to present day in Eastbrook, the following morning to where we left off after part one. As always, our music composer, Donald Stapleton, will be filling the dead air with his musical creations. Putting the tale into words will be Edgy Box, Jordan W. Anderson, Benji Maple, Minnie Boca, E. Sheeran, Tiz Rome, Ben McElfatrick, Nen Kelson, and Jake Truitt. As always, viewer discretion is advised. Now the actors are ready, and the music is cued. So won't you join us around the fire for Lunar Equinox Part 3. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a breaking news update. Local man by the name of Christopher Chambers was found murdered outside of his home yesterday evening. Authorities believe the crime to be drug-related. Anyone with any information should contact the Eastbrook Sheriff's Department. Thank you. Huh. I always knew that kid was bad news. It is unfortunate, though. I should probably reach out to his folks. I hope Amber is enjoying her internship. Oh my god, did you hear about Chris? I know, it's terrible. He never told Sean to pick me up. Kai, again? That's awful. Chris is dead. And I'm dying inside. What the fuck? Do you think Amber's enjoying Europe? Oh yeah, the internship. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's gonna be devastated when she hears about Chris. Maybe now she can get laid in Europe. Oh, did I tell you about that guy I saw in my dream? He was dressed a little funny, but he looked hot. He had scars and everything. He would have liked the surprise I had. There, there is no hope for you. I better never have you in the room if I need surgery. This morning, the world I once knew learned of Chris's death. I wanted it hurt. I wanted to cry and scream. I couldn't. Part of me loved and wants to grieve Chris, but this other part of me couldn't care either way. Thanks to Atlas, the part of me that wanted that ability to feel everything from it wasn't able to. Anger I could feel, 
The side of me that I knew, my life is Amber Reed. I wanted to kill Atlas. My thoughts fight daily because how can I, a woman in her early 20s, who knew nothing but school and friends, fight off the thoughts and emotions of a several century old witch's soul that apparently is also mine? We had just finished a training session. The coven thought I needed some refreshing, which a bazillia agreed with. I can't lie, it was so much fun. Things I never thought possible that I read about in fairy tales. It wasn't the time for enjoyment. Whether I was Amber or Resilient didn't matter. I have a job to do. I walk into Atlas's tent. He looked like me, muddled and a little bloody from our training. He removed his tunic and I saw his scars in full. The one I usually saw traveled up and around his shoulder. It looked like something with tentacles had grabbed and cut him. He removed his bandages and for the first time I saw the other arm. Burned and scarred barely even recognizable. The burns and char-tapered off his little into his shoulder. Atlas, this... What happened to your arms? Oh, nothing. Just another battle scar. That battle isn't in the memories, and I didn't do it. Why don't you at least have Ostra fix your tunic? It's still burned. It keeps me humble. I can always see the bandages. I know I'm not invincible. How did everyone die, and why do they keep dying? Why can't I see it? Princess, why are you in my room? This is Atlas's room. <clears throat> this is our room. We locked the memories because they interfered with our abilities. With all due respect, Princess, please leave. Atlas, what about Lilith? I remember the hand fasting. I, I know I wasn't there, but that was the last thing I can remember. Please leave. Now. I saw the pain in his eyes, the same pain I wish I could feel for Chris. I wish I could empathize, but I don't know what it's like to lose partner thanks to him. I'm not a monster, though, so I turned to leave and saw Helia smirking at me again. I hated that smirk. I walked out and stormed over to Ostra and Lysander. This game, it's over. I need answers. I don't- Now! I was pissed. Or was Basilia? Maybe it was both of us. Her for her reasons and me for mine. Ostra and Lysander shared a glance before sighing deeply. My tent. Come on. We all headed towards his tent and walked through the opening. I loved magic. A nai ike. Si ak naya e my a fe. It's safe. What did you do? That spell wasn't ours. When was the last time your soul inhabited your body? Uh, a few hundred years, I think. It started about fifty years ago. After this photograph, actually. She gestured to a picture on Lysander's wall. It was of the two of them, next to Atlas and Lilith. They all looked exactly the same, making me question more about if maybe our bodies were recycled too? Atlas was smiling with his arm around Lilith. His tunic was in one piece in his arms. No bandages or scars. When was this? Three days after the hand fasting. Where is Helia? Well, that is where it gets... tricky. She disappeared right after Atlas and Lilith announced the hand fasting. Her memories stopped the moment she found out. The coven was 
attacked the day we took that picture. That bitch. We have no proof. The only thing that we know for certain is that she saved Atlas. He was trying to save Lilith. Whatever that thing was that was sealing her climbed up his right arm. It started burning his flesh. Helia used a spell we hadn't seen, and used a few thorn vines to wrap his other arm and pull him away. Lilith dying? That made me necessary for the Equinox? Well, Atlas died a while after, so... We waited until your mother and father's bodies came back around. Brought them to, and then they conceived you and Atlas again. For the first time in several hundred years, your body was strong enough to survive. We had hope. Crescent died birthing you. Your father died mysteriously. And then those people came and took you away. I tried not to grit my teeth. I knew Ostra meant well, but that was my family. Atlas was born with the same injuries he got from the battle. Ostara didn't even know what we were fighting when it happened, let alone one that injuries transcend lives. The only hope at that point was if Helia and Atlas were to have a hand fast. Astra, you're the last High Priestess we have. I said no, every time. I do not approve of what's happening, and I knew you were still out there. We made up our own sequences, so when we used it, they wouldn't feel the magic. This has to stop. Astra smiled at me and gave me a wink. I'm glad Lysander didn't catch it. It would have been too hard to explain. I smirked and nodded my head. Determined, I refused to let this slide. I stormed out of Lysander's tent. The other two followed. Atlas and Helia were by the fire pit. He was cooking something. Helia, this ends now. What are you going on about, princess? <laughs> I know everything. Do you now? Aeni, A-K, K-E-A, One, E-M-I, A-F-E. And just like that, the memories came flooding back to all of us. We all saw Helia travel to the other side and recruit the help of demon-like beings. They told her things, things about where the Lunars as well as Ostra originated from. A land lost not only to time, but to people in general, deemed to be a place of fantasy. Things that were not prominent or seen by anyone who joined after they first cast the memory link spell. We heard her tell her plan to the creatures. I want them all dead but four of us. Myself, Atlas, Astara, and one of your choosing. In return, I'll free you after the Equinox ritual. I want you to make it especially painful for Lilith. She's a thorn in my side I want burned. They had agreed, and Atlas, Lysander, and Oster tried to collect themselves. I was standing off with Helia. I was being fueled by Basilia's rage. It only complimented my own, as she wouldn't let me touch Atlas. But maybe losing someone else close to him would teach him a lesson. <laughs> Do you want to dance, fishy? Atlantis is far behind us. Contrary to popular belief, we aren't fish people. Helia. How could you betray us like that? You killed everyone. Atlas was deathly silent, still sitting in front of the fire. We can do the Equinox ritual with four. It's time for judgment. Do your worst, princess. I could feel the rage of both myself and Basilia growing. 
I felt myself tingle as I channeled the natural magic energy into myself. The markings flickered and erupted to life as electrical shockwaves traveled down my right arm. I started to raise it, pointing at Helia. She stood there, only smiling as I released the pent-up energy. A lightning bolt erupted from my outstretched hand, heading straight for her head. The next thing I knew, there stood Atlas, guarding her, his right arm outstretched to catch the fucking bolt and his left to redirect it into the earth. This only pissed off the two of us sharing this body even more. We spoke through gritted teeth. Stand down. I won't. You remember now. You've seen it. She killed Lilith. This isn't good. Just be ready for anything. I know you remember the last time they fought. Crescent was the only thing that kept them from killing everyone. Including each other. She's not here this time. It doesn't have to be like this. Atlas still stood before me. He was the one channeling the energy now. His markings were vibrant, and I see he also wanted to fight with electricity. He wasn't going to see reason, and we couldn't even tell what was causing him to be like this. False loyalty? Lust? Who knows? I do know, this is not only the man who killed Chris and took away my feelings about it, but Basilia also made the decision that this wasn't her brother. Oh, Atlas. He shot a bolt at me, and that was that. He traded blows of magic, dodging, firing, catching, deflecting. I got tired of this and sent myself right beside him and started punching him. We fought hand to hand until he got the momentum to cast me aside. He started to unleash his full power and Lysander and Osher joined me to fight. It felt like years, but it was probably over in minutes. I shot one last bolt with one from Lysander that caused Atlas to walk right into mine. He jerked and collapsed immediately. Lysander ran over to him to recite the spell to keep his soul alive. I glide to Shia Ka. I'm a and I O Aelin Aok Aya Ezeang Atlas. Helia started clapping and walking over to where we all stood now. The anger had subsided. I could feel Basilia's pain. She had just killed her brother. What got us the most were the next words that came from her sadistic little mouth. Wonderful. After several thousand years, we finally see who won this long fight. Too bad you had to have help. <laughs> You're next, bitch! I ran towards her, but was stopped by Osra. Basilia, you can't. We need her to make four. Come on, princess. What have you got to lose? You can't even do the ritual anymore. There is no prince. This had to happen for Basilia, for Atlas, and for all of them. Hell, even for me. Asra, prepare for a hand fasting. Lysander, it looks like it's your lucky day. Yes, princess. Uh, are you serious? Are you dense? To complete the ritual, we need a prince and a princess. At least one of royal blood. Since there are only four of us, we have no choice, Helia. You always said no to Atlas and I. I refuse. I was supposed to be the princess. I was supposed to do the ritual. You'll still do it. 
What did you say to me? You may not be receiving the power of the princess, but even you wouldn't give up this chance of power. You know what this ritual does. You were... I should have crushed you when I had the chance. Enough. We only have a few more days. Start preparing. We will fully bring magic back to this world. Do you even have the guts? It takes two sacrifices. I know just the two. Now go. Healy storms off and Lysander bows slightly and heads off to make the preparations. They don't know. It's best that way. Especially for Helia. Just remember what your mother told you. Healy only wants for blood. She probably doesn't even know what happens after the sacrifice before the ritual is complete. Come with me. We have a stop to make. Ostra smiles and nods. We teleport to Kai's house to find Kai and Mindy in their usual spots on Kai's couch, eating out of a bucket of popcorn. This new Sacred Wood Studio movie is pretty good. Yeah, that lead actress is just delicious. Do you ever stop? Ostra cuts off the TV as we stand behind the couch. Kai fiddles with the remote and is about to stand. Hey guys! <gasps> they jumped and screamed. I figured that would be the reaction. I had almost forgotten our marketing show every time we use magic. Amber? What the hell? We thought you were in Europe. How did you get into my house? I locked up this time. Girl, when did you get the face tattoos? Is this your friend from Europe? Welcome to America. <sighs> this isn't my first time here, nitwit. Hey, my mom always calls me that. Guys, I came for a reason. I'm getting married and I need the two of you. You're getting married? <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This is so exciting. When do we leave? Now. Osara and I place a hand on their heads and we teleport back to our grounds. Wow. Amber, did you learn this in Europe? By the way, that outfit is fire. Thank you. I made it. Sleep. They passed out immediately and fell into our arms. We tied them up and set them aside in Ostara's tent. They wouldn't wake up until she broke the spell anyways. Two days later, the hand-fasting ceremony took place and I was bound to Lysander. And with the jumping over the broom, the hand-fast is complete. I announce Princess Basilia and Prince Lysander. Everyone, rest well tonight. We have a big day tomorrow. Yes, Princess. Hmm. Whatever you say. Ostara smiled and left to prepare the herbs and crystals we needed, and Helio stormed off to her tent instead of Atlas's. Lysander bowed before me and started to walk off to his tent. Good night, princess. Prince Lysander, where are you going? To bed. We have a big day tomorrow. We were bound. Share my bed with me? He looked shocked. I'm sure if it was me or Basilia taking these steps, but I didn't mind. I found Lysander quite attractive. Are you... sure? Of course. Would you like to? He nodded and took my hand, which I offered in response. We entered my room, which looked very similar to Atlas's. Books, talismans, scribbled rocks, crystals, and bones everywhere. He seemed nervous. It had always been obvious he had a thing for me, or, well, for Basilia? Your room is nice. Thank you. I... I know you're not Basilia. At least, not completely. Is that a problem? 
Not at all. Uh, what is your name? I noticed the way your body reacts when we call you Basilia. My name is Amber. I really appreciate you asking me that. I like that name. You're different than Basilia. I don't think Helia noticed, but I know Astara does. Are you worried? No. I trust you with my life, like I do any Luna. That stung a little. I thought we were having a moment. Am I just another Lunar to you? No, you're far from it. Come sit with me. I tried to save it and hoped it worked as I patted the bed. I didn't want to wait anymore, and I mean, technically this was my husband. He sat awkwardly on the bed and I leaned over and kissed him. He kissed me back and it was... different than with Chris. There was... I don't know, a spark maybe? He pulled back and looked at me with questioning eyes and I simply smirked and nodded. We kissed again and went under the covers. However, that's not the kind of tale this is. We had our fun and awoke this morning. We were in the middle of the clearing, Kai and Mindy tied up between the four of us. I nodded to Ostara. Awaken. Silence. The two woke up and were unable to speak. They looked around with confused looks at the four people around them, one being their best friend. Ostara began the ritual. Blades. With blood, we offer life. All four of us used our ceremonial blade to cut our palms and let our blood drip onto the ground. Crystals. With faith, we ask assistance. Sacrifice. With death, we open the door. Lysander and I turned our blades out and stabbed Kai and Mindy in the heart, pausing until the last breath escaped them both. Words, with this spell, we mend the bridge. Ain lai ti ka, o pe la joy te in de ama afe, yai te kain alai fe ama nai o alin ak aya e ze ain. This was it. There was a large gust of wind and the sky grew dark. Our markings let out a glow brighter than the sun. I breathed deeply as Lysander and Helia started to freak out a little. What is this? What the fuck is happening? Ostara and I looked at each other and nod. A presence appears that freezes Helia and Lysander. Whatever happens, don't let it get you, and don't die. Especially you. I directed the last statement to Lysander, who nodded and repositioned his stance. We heard a familiar shriek and Helia's face went pale. I hope she's not getting scared now. So the plot thickens. We have one more episode in the Lunar Equinox series. We do hope you'll join us for the finale that is part four. Now following part four, we will have a small hiatus episode featuring works from a few other writers. We are currently preparing for our next series as well, titled Jade's Apprentice. We have many things in the works, we hope you'll join us around the fire as we continue into this audio drama adventure of ours. Until next time. The Black Flame Campfire would like to thank those in the cast and staff for making this possible. Most importantly, we would like to thank you, our listeners. 
Until the next time, won't you join us around the fire? <laughs>